Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. Parents are facing back-to-school costs of up to 1500 per child, with more than a quarter failing, I should say falling into debt to pay the bills. Uh, with parents still unsure whether their children will be able to return to school as normal due to COVID-19, the annual survey of the back-to-school costs of the Irish League of Credit Unions has also found that 22% of parents are facing into a new term with reduced income due to the pandemic, of course. Every, everybody is struggling at the moment, and that's a fair point to make. The ILCU found the overall spend on school items for primary school students now stands at 1,123, up 174 on last year, and secondary school parents an average is 1,467, up 68 on last year, and the survey found 27% of parents are getting into debt to cover the cost. The top expense, of course, at the school um, for parents, uh, primary school, for example, increased by 117 in 2019 to an average of 200 this year. The books for second level parents uh, at 196 down slightly from 220 last year. Voluntary contributions, we talked about that before by the way. Remember they are voluntary contributions you don't have to pay them but some schools insist that you do. Anyway, they've increased by 25% to an average of 110 per child with secondary school contributions remaining at an average of 140. Remember by the way, can I point out this again, we said it last year, we talked about it a lot last year, if it says voluntary contributions, you don't have to pay it. And don't allow the school to shame you into paying it. If it's voluntary, you don't have to pay it. Over two-thirds of the parents use their general monthly income to meet back-to-school costs, while an increasing number, one in five, reported using credit cards or credit unions. A further third said they dipped into savings. Um, 6% take out a loan. 3% turn to moneylenders to fund uh, their kids going back to school. Uh, But look... We all know the story. It's expensive. Almost half of all parents said they would carefully consider what measures are in place before deciding, by the way, to send their kids back to school in the first place. And we'll talk about that a little bit as well today. But how are you handling the back-to-school costs? How are you handling it? I mean, is it is it really going to break your bank? Let me know. Uh, the number is 087-188-008. And are you worried in general about sending your kids back to school? Ruth, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Ruth? Hi, Niall. How are you? Good, Ruth. Um, I mean, is it expensive for you? Have you got many little ones? Uh, well, I have three. I have two in secondary school and one in primary. Okay, um, so, yeah, okay. Well, to be honest, it's not too bad. Well, certainly this year it's not too bad because I have one going into third year, one going into second year. Um, oh, that's good. They, they, can, have, they can hand down the books, yeah. They hand that, well, yeah, sort of, except that they, they now have the books really for first, second and third year a lot of the time. Okay. So I actually have to buy double the same books, if you like. Oh, I know what you mean. Right. Oh, because okay. Sorry, yeah. Because they're in second and third year. Um, but it's not too bad. Um, Do they not have a book rental it? scheme in the school or anything like that? No. 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 No, but you can get second-hand books, so yeah, it's yeah. not it's not too bad. Um, the primary school one, they've actually stopped this year. They're not doing the book rental scheme in the school. Yeah, my kids um, used to have that. I think it was 150 quid or something like that, and that, or I think it was something around that that covered all the books or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it'd be, it'd be a similar amount, I suppose. Um, but, uh, like, I'm after spending over €100 Euro probably on, on school books for, for somebody going into second class. Yeah. And I know right well, come next June, they're going to come home and half of them probably aren't even going to be finished. Yeah, what Cleaning just said to me here actually a second ago, and maybe schools are being careful that maybe second-hand books, for example, because of COVID, they might not be able to sell second-hand books. Although I don't think, can I just yeah. reassure everybody, the virus is not going to stay on the books. 
if they're hanging on a shelf in a shop no. for, two, for two or three days, and um, that's not an option. So that, I, mean, I wouldn't be too concerned about that if people want to buy secondhand books. Uh, okay, no, but, and, and, and I, I wouldn't be concerned about the likes of that either. I mean, t- people are taking good care and things like that. Yes, of course, yeah. Okay, yeah. But, but have you a general concern? It says on my screen here that you're kind of worried about the kids going back in general. What, do you, what, what is your main worries, Ruth? Well, um, I suppose one of my one of my big concerns is um, I'm at the moment I'm in Offaly, I'm locked down. Okay. Uh, the kids go to school two in Offaly, one in Leash. Um, technically, you're not meant to cross the border, but but you can. Uh, it's one of these really weird lockdowns. You can't. You're not meant to go anywhere, but nobody's going to stop you. Um, I know the English government have said a Boris. Now I don't know how the Irish government are going to react to this, but I imagine they'll do the same thing. That even if there is going to be local lockdowns, they said the schools would be the last thing to close because they're determined the kids get their education. So I think even if there is going to be local lockdowns, don't take my word for it. You'll have to talk to Stephen Donnelly, the Minister for Health. I would imagine they're going to continue to allow you know parents bring kids to school. So I, I think yeah, but it's 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 one thing about saying we're not going to close the schools. Or we're you know we're we're going to we're going to reopen the schools you know beginning of September come hell or high water, but it's another thing. Should we be opening the schools come hell or high water? Like the my two that are in secondary school um, are in a school where there is over a thousand students. Mm-hmm. The school itself is not fit for over seven hundred students. But can I, but can I ask you? You're two. You're two teenagers, okay? Yeah. They're, they're going back to secondary school. I'm assuming they're not sitting in the house all day, but at the moment, obviously, they're, 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 <laughs> they're a bit more restricted. I can't the room is <laughs> I know, yeah, PlayStation's obsessed with them. But generally speaking, during the summer, I'm assuming they've been going out with their mates and hanging around and doing... Are they those very type of kids? Little. Okay, they're very, not, they're not those type little. of kids, we all right. Live, we live in the country. All oh, right, okay. Um, okay. You know, it's not a matter of just walking out your door and you're meeting up with your mates. But the point um, I was going to make is, if you look around, right, I'm when I'm driving home every day near the parks, you see yeah. groups, gangs of teenagers hanging around together, right, and going to shops and hanging around supermarkets and hanging around shopping yeah. centres, and they haven't died. You know, I mean, I haven't they, yet. Thankfully, thankfully, I haven't heard they, a story. They, have, they haven't, but the majority of times they are outside. They're Absolutely. not sat in a room that's maybe not ventilated particularly well. Um, for two hours straight. I mean, there is. A, I mean, Ruth, there is no doubt, and I, I, it would be foolish of anybody to say there is no risk for children. Of course, there's a risk. Yeah. But it, but the risk is you know, it's so infinitesimally small that it's it's not something I believe that we should get too concerned about. Because I mean, when we send our kids to school before COVID nineteen came along, mm. there was always risks. I mean, there was kids that got meningitis every year. There was kids that got very serious flus or pneumonias and died and. You know, th- th- there's always been risks for children. I mean, you take a risk putting them in the back of the car, bringing them to school, and realistically, statistically, at the moment, in relation to the amount of children that would actually get COVID and die, uh, the chances are that your, chil- your child is safer in school than in the back of your car. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, I do. I to- totally understand. So we have to be um, logical about it as well. Yeah, we, d- we, we do. But at the same time, I, I can say, yeah, I can understand them. And I'm happy for my kids to go to school because my children, thank God, are happy, healthy children. But there are so many children now who have underlying conditions mm-hmm. that, that are, are perfectly fine to go to school on normal situations. But come winter time, for example, you know, um, ones that would have grown up maybe with croup, things like that. They're not going to be able to go to school now because the teachers, nobody actually wants somebody sitting beside them who's coughing. Yeah, and, you know, and, that, and that's going to be difficult, yes. If they're not yeah. going to be able to go to school at the minute. 
Yeah, well, look, I, I think that that's all going to be on a day-to-day basis and let's see what happens. But yeah. we know children in general, certainly up to the age of maturity, uh, up to the age of puberty because their immune system is developing. I mean, every child spends seven or eight years of his life with a snotty nose. So we're well aware. <laughs> are well aware of that. The kids are constantly picking up colds and coughs and flus. And so we don't know what's going to happen then. Every time a child coughs, are they going to be sent home? Or like We, we just don't know what, what, how that's going to work out. Well, I suppose the other side of it is if we were a teacher in the classroom and you had a couple of kids coughing or somebody starts sneezing or something like that and you're kind of going, uh, is there any chance you could go home before... You know, just to make sure that they're okay. infect the whole class. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, I know, but look, we didn't do it before. And I suppose this is a different virus. I understand that. But we didn't, we had viruses before. I mean, we've had influenza for 100 yeah. years, for God's sake. And we, we never sent children home unless, obviously, their parents believed they were sick enough to stay home. We, we never sent kids home before. Now, I know in the UK, they're saying that if there's more than, I think it was three cases in the space of 14 days of COVID-19 in a class, uh, they, would, they would isolate the class. So they're not going to be doing it as they would in workplaces at the moment, where if one person gets it, suddenly the whole school will close. That's not going to be the case, because if that was the case, we'd never have a school open. Yeah. You know, and I think education is so their their education has suffered badly over the last six months. It uh, has suffered. It mm. has suffered an awful lot now. And a, a lot of schools have been quite good um, you know, in in supporting their students. Um and I find particularly secondary schools have been really good with supporting their students and, and getting them through and doing the work and stuff. But yeah. you know, I mean if they're if they're sat in a classroom and I mean they're smart enough, you yeah. know, that they know what's going on. And if they're sat in a classroom and somebody is coughing and sneezing beside them they're going to be distracted. They're going to be thinking what's going on there. And they're not even going to be paying any attention. That's worse than if they were what doing like Zoom lessons or something like that. I, ju- I just hope we don't stigmatise people because I know it even from a work environment that I smoke. So I, I do cough every now and again. And as human beings, we do cough, by the way. We like yeah. to clear our throats every now and And if I'm in work and I suddenly go... <clears throat> I'm kind of looking to see who's looking at me. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Because I, I, I think we're all very conscious of, you know, showing outward signs of being unwell. And I, and I think that that's not a big deal for us as adults. But I think for kids, I think that could be something, you know, you'll have other kids going, oh, you've got the COVID. You know, or something. Yeah. I, and I would hate to see that kids being stigmatized because of it, you know. Like, yeah, as no, you I- rightly said, a kid could have, you know, he could have croup or he could have something else. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I know kids who've been told to go home from school because they're they're coughing so much with croup. Yeah. Um, for no other reason than they are disrupting the class. Yeah, one of my, kid, one of my kids had croup years ago. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very identifiable cough, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like yeah. a dog barking. But, but it wasn't for any health reasons. No, no, no. Somebody else was going to catch something. It was just because they were annoying the teacher. Say <laughs> <laughs> so there for a second. Let me go to Dave as well. Dave, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Dave? <coughs> Dave, are you there? <laughs> Stop yeah, it, Dave. Sorry, I was actually <laughs> <laughs> are you all right? Are you okay, Dave? Are you all right? Yeah, no, sorry. I was smoking a fag and went down the wrong way. <laughs> There's nothing worse than drinking if you drink a drop of water and it goes down the uh, wrong way. Oh, no. You feel like you're drowning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, Dave, you're, are you worried about the cost? I mean, is it expensive to send your, your little fellow to school? Uh, no, not really. To be fair, because like, he's in primary school. Like We get his... Um, all his stuff for his uniform, like his shorts and his pants and stuff, are, we can get them done. Right, okay. And my brother's youngster is a year ahead of him in school, so we get like the hand-me-down jumpers off him. Right, okay. So I, I With the holes in the things. elbows and the holes, yeah, yeah. No, no, I know, the jumpers that need... My mother, my mother used to stitch patches of leather onto my elbows. 
Oh, yeah? Not, but not onto my elbows, onto, onto the jumpers. <laughs> <laughs> she used to stitch a patch of leather onto the, the like elbows what? of like, my jumper. I like the old smoking jacket. Because I was an awful man for going, I used to always end up with holes in my elbows. You know, fair play for her. I mean, you know, it takes a long time to wear down leather, wouldn't it? Yeah, so she'd put a little patch. She'd sew a little patch of leather onto each elbow so as I wouldn't wear that them woman. then. <laughs> so, they were back then, weren't they? Oh, they were, because they, had, like, because they didn't have the money. They had to last longer. That's what it was. <laughs> Mom, I have this jumper four years. I can't move <laughs> my arms anymore. <laughs> like wearing a corset. Yeah. So, Dave, I mean, are you worried about sending them back to school? Because there are a lot of parents have a thing called, it's called re-entry anxiety. Um, a lot of it is quite illogical. Some of it's logical, but a lot of it is illogical. Are you concerned about yeah, sending your kids you back? You know, I, I'm not. Myself, my partner, my little we're not one bit worried. I, we can't wait for him to get back to school. He can't wait himself. Yeah. You know, he's, he's mad to get back to school. Like, he loves the school. He loves the teacher. He's, the only thing he was anxious about was the fact that, like, he didn't get to finish out the year with the teacher he had. Yeah. Because she's probably, like, the favorite teacher he's had since he started school. Like, she was, I was trying to get him to read for years. But, just, you know, you know yourself, you try to get your kids to do something beneficial, and they're like, no. But then a teacher comes along, and she really ignited the love of reading in them. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, he's actually so crack about her. So, we actually found out that uh, we got an email from the school and saying that he, like, my young school, sometimes they split the classes up to do different subjects. But they said he still has the same teacher this year. And he, he was actually playing video games with a few friends of his. And he actually ran into the sitting room, picked up the headphone, and started shouting and roaring. And half dancing around the sit room because he was so delighted they're getting her again. Right, okay. So, no, he, he, he can't wait. He absolutely can't wait. And neither can we because you kind of don't realize how important the structure, like, even though they get three month holidays, the structure that comes with school. Oh, yeah, it's the discipline. Very, very yes, important. it's the discipline yeah, that it teaches them. Yeah. It is. You can, you can do the homework with them at home all you want, but it's still not in a school setting, if you know what I mean. No, I, I, know, I, I, don't, I don't think you know, the, that type of learning works as well for, for most children. I think it works for some children who are very diligent about doing it, but I think the majority of kids need to be in a school setting. Oh, yeah, because my uncle get distracted at the drop of a hat. You know, like you, you'd be trying to do something with him and you'd be staring out at a magpie. You yeah. know, so being in school and having that structure is it's personally, and even just the social aspect of okay. being out, meeting the other kids, seeing your friends, getting away from your parents for a few hours. I mean, yeah. we're talking about like, you know, you know, like mothers and fathers can't wait for the kids to go back to school for a bit of peace and quiet. That's a two way street. Yeah, I mean, I, Ruth, I mean, with your two older kids particularly, have they expressed any concerns about going back to school to you personally themselves? How are they feeling about it? Um, I think there, it's more the uncertainty at the moment, you know, uh, because we're in Offaly and we're locked down. You know, is it actually going to happen or is it not? I think that's more the uncertainty of it than, than uh, anything well, I think, else. I think the whole country is behind you in, in the fact that most people don't believe the lockdown was necessary. But in those particular counties, it wasn't, the, unfortunately, it wasn't the people of the communities of the counties that were spreading that particular virus. Obviously, it was the, the meat factories. So I think most people are behind you in, the, in respect of most people believe it was unwarranted. But sure. We'll, we'll wait and see. Maybe they lift it before the fourteen days. I don't know. Well, well, that 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 would be the hope, and at least give us some bit of hope, you know. Because um, I've heard it. I think when it was announced, somebody said it'll be at least you know at least two weeks, and we're kind of going. You said that back in March, and it turned out to be twenty two. I know. Yeah. Of, you know, it's that that's where the, the difficulty is. But no, I mean they're they're quite happy to go back, but they're kind of going. Well, we'll be wearing face masks, and we'll be social distancing. And how do they feel about that? You know? They're they're fine with doing that. They yeah. don't mind. 
I, don't, I, I would find it very uncomfortable to sit there. How long are kids in school for a day? Seven hours or six hours or seven hours, whatever it is a day. Yeah. I'm wearing a face mask. I think it would be very uncomfortable for them. But, but in saying that, if, if that's what they have to do and that's the rules and that's what will get them back to school, unfortunately, yeah. we have to be it. Yeah, well, as I was saying, there's, there's more children in, in their school now than what school is actually meant to have. Um, yeah. You know, it was built first, so they're having to put in extra prefabs and stuff. So there well, there'll be no social distancing with a thousand kids. Let's be clear about that. There, there won't be any. No, no, no. But, um, and again, I, and those parents who are going to, you know, kids going to those types of schools with large amounts of children, don't be too concerned. You know, I mean, look, do a little bit of research around the world. Don't believe everything that, you know, Johnny on Facebook tells you or Mary, you know, who believes she's an epidemiologist on, on uh, Twitter tells you. I mean, go online and go to the relevant, you know, accurate sources. I don't mean news sources because news sources can tend to be sensational. Uh, the likes of the Daily Mail and Fox and all these and, and well, actually to RTE last night, to be honest. Which is, uh, but when they class one case as an outbreak. Uh, but go on to relevant good health sources and you will see statistics about the amount of children who have tested positive in the world and the amount of children who have died, which is so small. In America, they said that the 122 think children died all had underlying conditions and the chances of even with an underlying condition the child dying I think uh, there's one in eight million so I mean yeah but you don't yeah but you don't want to be the one the parent of that one or but in, but you don't in, want to be responsible for that one but I can tell you that the chances of your child dying in a, say a road traffic accident in this country are probably a lot less than that and you don't yeah. want your child to do yeah. that but it doesn't stop you from letting your child out the door do you yeah. understand what I'm saying? So we have to put things into perspective and everything has to be in perspective because we have to start thinking somewhat the way we were thinking before yeah. and understanding that there is a small risk, you know, because there is a small risk. So we have to start to understand there's a risk before COVID-19 came along. There was always a risk to allowing your child out of your sight for seven hours, you know, because they might get up to something or do something and hurt themselves or fall or, you know, whatever it happens to be or be involved in a car accident or whatever it is. There's always a risk. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, stay there, please, uh, guys. Let me just go to Terry as well. Terry, you're on Classic Kids. Terry, uh, let, let's go to the... Co- oh, hold on, I'm trying you on. Let's go to the cost first, Terry. Yeah, cost. I'm not too worried about the cost because we've kind of spread it out over the two or three months, so that that's... Well, I'm glad to hear most people today are, are finding it okay, considering most of us probably lost, you know, a, a sum of money this year, you know? Yeah, myself included. I was off for three months during the main, the main lockdown. So, and you, are you on the COVID health. payment? I assume. I, I was on the COVID payment up until the start, from March till the start of June. So I'm back to work now. So right, okay, that's I'll, good. I'll, I'll go on that front. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, most years we just spread the cost of going back to school over the summer months. So. Yeah, it doesn't hit. It doesn't hit you in the in the. And I suppose we've all saved a little bit this year because we're not going away on holidays. <laughs> so yeah. that's why we saved a few that, quid. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. But getting uh, as far as sending the kids back to school, a lot of people. Well, not a lot. Some people are overly concerned, maybe, about sending their children back to school. You know, with a, I suppose the, the the fear of COVID nineteen. Does does that worry you? Well, one of my daughters has Down syndrome, she had had surgery, she oh. has an underactive thyroid, so... Okay, so she's quite a lot of underlying conditions. Yes, so it is a worry there of sending her back, and then they're not really telling us anything. They're not, like, telling us what way it's going to be done. And um, can I ask you, by the way, in relation... 
in relation to Down syndrome, because I'm sure you speak to a lot of other parents with children with Down syndrome, um, COVID-19 and Down syndrome, is there any, I, I haven't looked up the research and so I don't know, is there, are children with Down syndrome at a higher risk or is it just because of other underlying conditions or are children with Down syndrome at a higher risk? I'm not 100% sure whether it's like just children with Down syndrome or if it's the underlying conditions. Um, my wife would be on more Facebook groups and stuff like that. Yeah, I, I think they are, I'm just looking online, I think they are in the at-risk group. But again, yeah. can I point out, thankfully, we haven't had anybody with Down syndrome who has died of COVID-19, not that I'm aware of. So, you know, obviously, you know, it would have to be a monitored situation. You'd have to be very co- conscious of it. Yeah, we just don't know what way, like, the SNA works because my daughter shares an SNA with another child in the class. So, like, how is that going to work? Like, would they have to get another SNA in so each of them can have one? Mm-hmm. It just... I think it's going to be very difficult for SNAs, isn't it? Because SNAs obviously have to work very closely, particularly with a child with Down syndrome or a child with special needs. So they have to work very closely with them. Now, I I, I don't know whether, in relation to the guidelines, whether SNAs are going to be wearing masks so they can see their faces or whether they're going to be wearing, or visors, should I say, so they can see their faces or masks. I don't know what the situation is. Maybe every school will differ slightly in the way they interpret those guidelines. Um, but but I suppose the, the risk for you, Terry, would probably be higher than Dave. Uh, and obviously, um, earlier on, we were speaking there as well to Ruth. The, the risk would be higher because your child does have underlying conditions. And it is, if I was in your situation, that is something that's concerning, obviously. Yes. Yeah. You know. Um, so, but what's the options, really, I suppose? Uh, Homeschooling. If, if they say that the child that has Down syndrome can't go back because she's at risk... There's no way we could send the other two back because they'd be going into that school environment and then coming home as well. So, and what are the, what are your your other two children doing at the moment? Are they going out and about meeting their friends and? Uh, no, they're only young, so uh, yeah, they're not really like. So it's, it's more so I play with them out the back garden on the trampoline and whatever else, like yeah, so. Yeah, well, I, I, I mean, now my heart goes out to you, Terry, because you're in a difficult situation and, you know, you'd, you'd be very conscious of that, obviously, with the underlying conditions, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, but I suppose, you know, all, you know, uh, uh, how old is your child, the child with Down syndrome? She's 11. Okay, so for 11 years, you've, you've obviously had to be very conscious of everything, oh, I suppose. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, you're kind of used uh, to it at this stage. Yeah, yeah, because I've never had it like this before. No, obviously so. not, obviously not, no, obviously not. <laughs> You know, but I suppose you, you've had to deal with all sorts of situations, you know, where you have to be conscious of the fact, you know, that she would be in a very vulnerable situation, particularly if she's heart problems, et cetera, et cetera, you know? Yeah. Well, look, I, I wish you well, Terry, and I hope I, I, I hope she can get back to education safely. All right? Oh, so do I. Just in relation to obviously talking to Terry before the break, I suppose everybody has to take into consideration, you know, the risks to your own child. And if your own child has uh, particular difficulties, I wouldn't be talking about behavioural special needs but obviously medical special needs i.e. underlying conditions it would be always advisable to discuss that with your doctor talk to your doctor about the risks to them 
uh, for example, in relation to Down syndrome, I had a quick look at it there during the break, and there is no evidence at the moment that people who have Down syndrome are being at particular risk of the coronavirus, though, of course, people who have Down syndrome may be more at risk from infections generally, including respiratory infections in particular. However, there is no evidence to suggest it may pose a greater risk to those with other chronic illnesses or chronic conditions or pre-existing respiratory conditions. Uh, the argument, well, what they basically say is that you should follow the guidelines extremely strictly. And shield your child if you believe your child has any other underlying illnesses. Now, Terry, of course, talked about his child obviously had heart problems and other underlying conditions as well to go along with the fact uh, that she had Down syndrome too. So, you know, take all that into consideration. And even if your child didn't have Down syndrome and you had underlying conditions like heart or asthma or any of those other conditions that could be, affect the respiratory system, um, certainly it should be something you should take into consideration when you're sending your child back to school and get advice on that. And make sure, of course, talk to your school as well because I'm sure they will help uh, to try and ease your child back into school in some sort of safe way. Pat, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Pat? How are you doing, nice? How are you? Good, Pat. Um, you're not worried about sending the kids back to school at all? No, not in the least. No, okay. And, and what about what everybody else is saying? I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, there's people kind of, it's divided the population somewhat. There are some people like yourself, not worried, just another day, send them back to school. Um, but there are others who have this, what they call re-entry anxiety, who are terrified to send their kids back to school because of COVID-19. I understand that and I appreciate that. But, like, the long-term picture, like, looking down 10 years down the road, like, our Callum is going from primary school to secondary school. He's missed his confirmation. He's going into first year and secondary school. It's a big time and a big change in his life. The longer away he's away from education, the less we want to go back to it. And what this is going to do if the school's going to another shutdown or lockdown or whatever way you want to term it, we could be left with an entire generation of illiterates. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, we could. I think their education is going to be affected if we continue to do that. I think they, look, they've already lost six months, and not just their education, as you mentioned. You mentioned Mrs. Is uh, it was a confirmation, is it? Yeah, it's confirmation. Yeah. No, they've given us a new date for September. Right. Okay. But like, even at that, the church where it will be held holds about two fifty three hundred men. And was that, by the way, was that important to him? Do you think, Pat, his confirmation? It was. Well, I mean, now, apart from the financial aspect of it, was it was it important? I mean, is, is he a believer in God? Not, but not but that. I wouldn't say from that side of it. No, no, I wouldn't tell you. Okay, so it was the, it was the day he wanted the day. It, it, it was just. I suppose it's the growing up, isn't it? It's part of growing yeah, up. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like shedding the skin of being a child and of course, being yeah. an adolescent. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it, 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 it's a big time in their life, and it's kind of the first time in, down here. There's a, a tradition where a lot of the kids they make their confirmation on say Monday or Tuesday, and on Wednesday they go with their buddies into town, and you know the parents drop them off, and the parents are on one side of town keeping a careful watch for life while they're getting their McDonald's and buying their runners or whatever, you know. Yeah, as the money, yeah, or their your mobile phone or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're, you're twenty steps behind them, unbeknownst to them. They think they're in town on, on their own, you know what I mean? In actual fact, there's probably about five hundred parents around the corner just watching over where they're all you know what I mean yeah and how but, is he how does he feel about COVID-19 I mean he's only a young lad he's just reached maturity how does he feel about COVID-19 is he concerned about it himself or well to be fair I suppose what lesson to blow in his age in his, for him is bought himself bought myself and his mum have walked the whole way through it right okay so and life really hasn't changed for you guys yeah no right and, okay like, well, that's a good thing to work and, like, you know, he hasn't seen us get ill or whatever. And yeah. like, we, we, we've adhered to all the social distancing and shopping for one person over the family going shopping during the lockdown and not going anywhere. And, like, at times it was tough because when he saw other kids abuse it and they were out in the street and we were saying, no, you can't budge and what have you, it was very hard on him, you know. And, mm. You know, like, 
even when the lockdown lifted, you could see a lot of the children were very slow to mix within their own groups again. Yeah, yeah. I think I think pe- yeah. t- children may pretend that they know nothing about it or don't want to know anything about it, but but secretly. I, yeah, I think they're, they're conscious of it. Themselves. Yeah, they are. I mean, that, that's a good thing, maybe going back to school. But stay there for a second because Treasy are on Classic Kids. Treasy, I heard Pat, he's not worried at all. Um, I, but you are. Hi, hi, Niall. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually not either. I would agree with Pat um, very much so. Okay, well, what, um, what but, part worries you? Oh, sorry. I'm more worried about the wearing, in the, wearing of the masks in school. Okay. Um, yeah, I have two children that are going into secondary. And I've written to their school just to confirm what the plan was. Okay. And they've confirmed that two-meter distancing would be impossible. And I'm just gutted for them. Um, I just, I'm, I feel like the jury is still out when it comes to mask effectiveness anyway. Well, um, yeah, I, I would probably agree with you. I, I think at the moment, I think it's quite a visual thing. Um, I know mm-hmm. there are people that would argue with that. And, you know, other doctors and scientists seem to be arguing all over the world. But yeah. most of the studies seem to suggest that they may not be that beneficial, but look, they're there and they're mandatory, and unfortunately, that's what we have to live with. Or fortunately, in the case of some people, the way that depending on how you think about it. So, but but you're yeah. you're uncomfortable with the idea of your children wearing masks. I, I am, and just where it's sort of an unknown whether they even help. I've I, I don't see anyone asking the questions. Are there studies showing that a child who's growing and developing is it safe for them to wear a mask for hours at a time? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I've I've seen videos online, and I've I've even tried to find equipment to replicate them myself, to you know check the carbon dioxide level underneath a mask and check my you know blood oxygen level. These sort of I did. I, I know the video you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah where they had the kid with the mask on, and the guy had a, a like a carbon dioxide meter under the mask. Yeah, yep, and it goes off the charts. And That's now right, I'm not yeah. an expert, so I don't. I don't know. It goes over the level of what they say is acceptable toxic levels of carbon dioxide. Yeah. But but again, again, there's probably, you know, see, I'm like you, Trees. I watch loads of videos and and you can watch as many videos will tell you that and as many videos will tell you something else. And Mm -hmm. it's always, it's really difficult for us um, as parents to make the right decision when we're getting information from every single side. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, in some countries like this country, we're not getting it, all the information. We get That's the information right, yeah. that they want to give us uh, and that we're being fed constantly by the media every single day. But there yeah. is other people to listen to around the world who are qualified as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, I suggest to everybody to, to listen and watch everything. And then you make up your own mind and decide what you think is right for your children. But, but, exactly. of course, but of course, yeah. you have to go by the guidelines of the school because if the school implemented a guideline of masks which the Minister for Education has brought in, if there's no two-metre distance, what are your options? Yeah, and I just thought it was unfortunate that there wasn't... Now, I don't know what effort, and I appreciate the massive work that it is for the schools to try to reopen and everything, um, but if there was a way to try to figure out the two-metre distancing... Um, and, and I just want to thank you, Niall, too, for... I've been listening to you for quite a while, and I appreciate you offering some balance to this conversation, because like that, there's very little being said, you know, in... Mm-hmm in the media as well for anything that goes against mm-hmm. the thought of the way that, you know, we, I, I suppose I would follow a lot of natural health protocols in my own life, and okay. luckily we're very healthy because of those. And the I mean, look, it's a, I mean, I, I've said this on numerous occasions, I'm not for one minute suggesting vitamin C is a cure for COVID-19, but there's no harm in people being healthy and taking vitamin C yes. to boost your own immune system, which, of course, will help you fight not just COVID-19, but influenza and every other illness that's out there. It helps your immune system. And, and I'm, I'm all for natural, living life as natural as you can. But sometimes we have to intervene medically as well. Of course. And when that's warranted, there's absolutely no problem with that at all. That makes mm. sense. 
but but why not try to prevent as much as we can? Why not make ourselves as healthy as we can? And mm-hmm. I appreciate you've said that quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have viruses and bacteria around us in our bodies all the time. And to think of it as this, you know, living, breathing thing that's going to get us and color-coding counties and labeling people, it's just, I'm finding it very alarming and just... It's uh, very it's difficult. 1984, you know? Yeah, well, it, I know, I know, I know, and I know what you're saying. And it is very difficult for people, human beings, uh, to wake up every morning. And, you know, we talked about this last night, myself and Alina talked about it on the air last night, to, and not know what today is going to bring. Yeah. You know, is it going to be another lockdown? Are my kids going to be told they have to, you know, wear visors next? Are, are we all going to have to stand on our head, you know, with two hands crossed or something? You yeah. know, what, what's, what's the next thing that we're going to be told we have to do as human beings which is not normal for us to do. And, and, and it is difficult. And I, and I think for everybody, it's very depressing. I think it is, and our mental health is suffering badly. Yeah, sorry, Pat, you want to say something there? Go ahead. Yeah, like you started the conversation on the expense of going back. The schools are insisting on uniforms. And in a lot of cases, as people well know, the child will put this uniform on on Monday morning and it'll be washed again on Friday evening. You'll wear it for five days. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Yeah. It's wash at the weekend. I'm, I'm not being... Sending towards, I'm just stating a fact. You know, well, there was a suggestion. Did, did the like, UK why, why not bring I, in a rule that they didn't have to wear uniforms? They could wear their own yeah, clothes and so they could why, wash why them more often. Come in and, and that way, parents that are at the pin of their collar because of being unemployed over the COVID that wouldn't naturally be unemployed and would have no problem paying the expenses mm. of the uniform, what have you. Why can, why can I not come in that they can wear their own clothes? They can be washed on a daily basis. Well, if people are that concerned about it, and if there is evidence, and I don't know if there is evidence to suggest that COVID-19 can hang around on wool or cotton or whatever it happens to be, um, I don't know if the evidence suggests it can do that for very long, but however. Mm-hmm. But, but, but yes, if they have to wash their clothes more often, I believe we should do that. We should, for a t- on a temporary basis, uh, abolish uniforms. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hit.